How are we doing? And welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader, delivering you some of the latest esports, NFT, crypto news, and more. Before we get going today, Jacob, a word about our sponsor, EMP.money. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for a wonderful introduction. And yes, EMP Money has been killing it. Uh, as I mentioned on our last podcast, the protocol is currently above peg. That means that there's you know an over demand for EMP than there is uh, a supply currently. Uh, it, you know when that's the case, we actually mint new EMP from the boardroom. So if you have gotten into EMP at a low level from our, our past content and have generated some e shares from the farms, it's a great time to stick those e shares in the boardroom and just mint fresh EMP. It's the fastest and most efficient way to get new EMP. Uh, and once you get that EMP, you can bond it with your existing Ethereum, or you can buy nodes to multiply that EMP. Uh, they actually released a whole new UI mm, yesterday. I saw, I saw, yep. Pretty exciting stuff. So uh, that UI gives you a lot of insight into you know the, the money making that's going on. You can see your individual nodes and and how much how much time it takes those nodes to ROI. You can look at daily ROIs for the detonator, which is something they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And overall, it's really cool. They've got some really cool graphics on there for the boardroom, especially. It's kind of just a graphic of new EMP being created in like a it's almost like a Star Wars esque uh, ship or or just I don't know that that's what I see. But go check it out. Uh, it's a wonderful time for EMP. Uh, things are going swell. So if you want to start making passive income through crypto, uh, I would check it out. Thank you, Jacob. And big shout out once again to EMP.money. Uh, love what they're doing over there. Great community. And uh, they're above pegs. So uh, never a better time to get involved with a really solid group of people. Okay. First up today, two Valorant players suspended from Riot Esports. Following a teabagging debate, well, <laughs> let me let me just start off by saying this. You know, I I always think that uh, you know teabagging has been has been something from the beginning of time when it comes to esports, and especially during Halo and COD days. You know, you 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 kill your opponent and then you run over, you teabag him, and then you run away. However, in official league play for any game. Teabagging is usually pretty frowned upon uh, because it just it's BMing, as players will say. And so uh, these two players uh, exchanged some heated words with each other, as the article kind of goes on to say. And uh, they are both suspended over this teabagging debate. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, this is really crazy. You know, I understand it was a, a female focused group. Uh, the Gallerans, right, and these staff members were members that were basically brought on to help make these women feel safe. Um, you know, teabagging, it, you know, it's kind of the same thing as shooting people's bodies, although in this sense, it's not. It's more sexually charged and focused, right? It, you know, this, I mean, what they did is they basically ended teabagging in Valorant, right? It's not going to happen anymore. I'm not, I'm not so upset by this. I think there's probably people women especially who don't really don't like that. Right. Really, really don't like that. And, and, you know, I think we, as you know, men may not really even understand how it makes them feel. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm behind this move. I feel really bad for the people who got suspended because at the end of the day, it is a meme and it is a joke, but someone needed to be scapegoated because, you know, just stopping this stuff before it gets out of control is, is a good idea. 
Um, so I'm actually, I'm behind Ryan on this. Interesting. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sitting here with a specific stance per se. I think teabagging it's, it's BMing. And in most major games, especially anything under riots umbrella, like people are pretty strict about the, the use of like flashing emotes and stuff like that in league of legends. And, you know, they, they deal out penalties, especially in professional league play uh, for players who are deemed to be like, you know, uh, trying to aggro their opponent, trying to to piss them off with some of the simplest uh, simplest really? uses of, 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 of uh, communicating in the game. Oh, yeah. I didn't oh, know yeah. that. That's awesome. Tell me more. Yeah. It, so you're not really allowed to spam emotes and stuff. Like, let's say you kill somebody. Um it's considered BMing your opponent if you're like spamming a specific emote again and again and again. So like mm-hmm. they're th- like people will flash their mastery or they'll just like spam an, an emoticon um, <laughs> over and over in lane. And you know this is really tilting, right? To see that like the 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 play of the game is not based around how many times I can flash my mastery to distract my opponent or to you know I don't know what. It's just those are added effects and customizations to the game. That a player can add in for themselves, but it has no competitive advantage other than to literally just distract your opponent, in my opinion. But I've I've definitely seen from collegiate league play, it's it's banned. Like they they do not allow that sort of shit. And if you do it, if they catch you, which they can because the entire game is recorded, uh yeah. you're gonna get dealed out penalties and sometimes a DQ. Like I, it's, it's it's actually hilarious. But That's like they, they, they take it seriously. It's like play the game. Don't play games, play the game. Yeah. Period. Uh, I love, I love that. I mean, it, it, it can get uh, pretty, pretty annoying. I don't really play league, but even in TFT, when someone just comes onto your board and starts smashing an emote, you're like, come on, dude, like, what, what are you doing? Uh, but you know, the, the thing is in TFT, it's also more so that they're kind of wasting their time when they're wasting your time. So you don't, it kind of gives you a competitive advantage. It probably does a little bit of league, but I would say, TFT is a little bit more so. Um, that's cool though. That's uh that's it's a good thing to learn for today. Emo spamming is is banned in competitive League of Legends. It it pretty much is. I mean, it's why you don't really see it a whole bunch in games in the first place. Because it's just rude. It's just mm-hmm. it's considered rude. So yeah. Yeah, although you know what's not considered rude? The release of LeBron James and Multiverses. Bro, this game has no stopping point. It is just up and up from here on out. We've talked about this game and it's releasing and uh Taz is still pretty broken, but Hungry Box coming out, uh legendary melee player. He's like, "Listen, it's early." But LeBron James looks pretty balanced. A lot of people online have been saying, oh, he's OP, he's he's this, he's that. No, Hungrybox is like, look, I'm still figuring this character out, but I'll tell you right now, LeBron James, he's pretty balanced so far. We, I still need a little bit more time to see, uh, you know, get a real feel. Yeah, that's but awesome. That it, it's pretty yeah. funny that LeBron James is in the game. I mean, that must yeah, be I know, that's, a money That's what I was saying. Him. Yeah. And and what is the rest of it is like Disney characters, right? Well, it's it's a whole cast of characters. It's not. Did you say Disney? Well, maybe maybe I misspoke, but it's uh, Super Smash Bros. characters. I have no idea. Yeah, so it's it's basically like Warner Brothers. 
and DC D- DC characters, yeah. those titles. Um, no Disney characters, uh, to my knowledge. So Batman may, might be in it. Yes, I know Harley Quinn is. I'm pretty sure. So. Oh, okay, that's cool. There you go. I, I, it, it was popping off on Twitch. I did see that. So is the game fully out, or is it uh, just a beta for special people? Well, so this is like I believe this is like the game is actually out now, as opposed to like before where we were talking about that like closed beta that was open for a little bit like now it's like oh you're yeah. out you know this i see open beta live now that's cool let's look at the character roster what do we got we got superman we got oh tom and jerry dang that is crazy i don't even see lebron james out here um this might have been oh here oh they got scooby-doo bro they got rick from rick and morty oh yeah. that's crazy they have eric andre Wait, what? It's, That's it's crazy. wild. Wait, they have Eric Andre, they have Larry David, they have Buddy the Elf, they have Neo. That's so funny. It's such a random list. I didn't include Maybe. the uh, the article or post in here, but the game had been up for less than 24 hours with the LeBron, uh, the LeBron James DLC, and someone added in a texture pack. To make LeBron James look like the white Giga Chad meme. <laughs> and so people, the, the tweet was, the game, this has been out for less than 24 hours. And it was directions on how to download this, like, basically yeah. uh, a white skin over LeBron James. Yeah. I think I think the characters I was talking about were, uh, were, were not real. There's no way Eric Andre is in this game. I don't think Eric Andre is in the game, but... Scooby Doo definitely is Tom and Jerry, like definitely in there. Um, the uh, the the giant robot from uh, trying to think of that movie. Um, Was it Wally? N- no, no, no. Older, okay. older, older. It's a Disney movie, so yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so no, this yeah. is the. I can't believe I can't think of the name. The Iron Giant. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, the Iron Giant is in the freaking game with Superman. What uh? What movie is he from? The Iron Giant. I'm blanking on it. I kn- I know I know I've seen it before. No, I think it's literally called The Iron Giant. Hold on. Oh, okay. The <laughs> film is literally called The Iron Giant. You just said it. The Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Gosh. So I don't think I've ever seen this movie, but I definitely know the the character. Wow, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. The classic 1999 movie, bro. I, I mean, I, seen- I it's it's not that I remember the plot. It's that as a kid, I remember watching this movie and seeing a robot and going like, "Okay, that's kind of cool." That's, that's and he it. he saves he saves the town by uh, taking a nuclear missile out to space and believing that he's Superman. Um, and so like the Iron Giant comes back in this game and is like. I'm Superman. Like in the trailer, it's like he's next to Superman, and Superman's like, "Uh, yeah, I guess you are." That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's cheesy. It's fun. It's it's a good time. It's a good time. Okay, next up. Speaking of competitive titles, uh, speaking with uh, this uh, Riot head, esports head at Riot, they're basically saying every Riot game from here on out is going to be built to be competitive. They yeah. want to build games that they say, okay, is this good enough to be a sport or not? Which, yeah. I got to say, that's pretty dangerous, seeing that the casual market has always, always been bigger 
than the competitive market because the average everyday person doesn't have 10 to 14 hours a day to put into a game to be a real competitive player versus your casual gamer who may play from one to five hours a day, one to three hours a day, right? So I think this is a little bit of a stretch, but building games with the purpose of having a competitive to them isn't a bad thing. That I like. But every every game's end goal being to be competitive for Riot, I mean, that's, I guess, just the nature of what they're designing, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I think... Riot does it best with competitive games and Nintendo does it best with casual games, right? But both of those, they bleed both ways, right? Nintendo is obviously an eSports still, right? Super Smash Bros. Every game they make can be turned into an eSport, but it's just casual focused, right? And Riot is basically saying, we want every game we make to scale like crazy, right? That's kind of kind of what they're saying. They're, you know, the games are still going to be fun and they're still going to be casual if you want to make them casual but uh what they're really saying is that they think esports is going to be the biggest thing in, in 50 years uh and they want to be the basically the you know the the nfl right where they created the, these games that are the premier esports and have been since the mm-hmm. very start so they have a little bit of a head start with league and with valorant and with tft i mean tft is the odd one out there obviously but uh you know, it'll be a more centralized space than, well, maybe not, but, you know, they, they could have, you know, let's say there are in 50 years, there are five huge esports. Like there are, let's, you know, let's say there are five huge major sports in the world. Right. You could have three of those if they do everything right. Right. They could also end up having only one or none. So I think them committing early is them saying, you know, we, we think that being the NFL of video games is a big deal. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, they're doing it, man. Uh, And, you know, Project L is on the way. You know, lots of people are waiting for this up-and-coming fighting game from Riot. You know, if if that pops off, I mean, I can't really think of of a a game genre that they just don't have a complete domination, you know, domination over, right? I mean, they're literally going after every type of genre of game with their IP, and it's working, Right. So, yeah. So, so they don't have a uh, like Overwatch type game. What, what, what would you categorize that as? Overwatch. I'd still argue that that's like an FPS type game. Yeah. I mean, well, it's Valorant just a little is, bit different than Valorant, right? Yeah. So I see Valorant and CS:GO. Those are like hyper hyper skill, hyper cautious games, right? Where you have one life and then it's over. Uh, Overwatch, Paladins, games like that. Those are popular. Right. I would even say Call of Duty and Overwatch are closer than CSGO and, and Overwatch are, right? Would, would say you that agree again? That? Call of Duty is closer to Overwatch than Overwatch is to Valorant? Mm, Maybe I, not. I mean, I feel like Valorant or uh, I feel like uh, Overwatch is like pretty objective heavy, is it not? Or is it just. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, because Overwatch is a little bit of a tough example because it does have, it has those two side abilities and it has your ultimate, just like Valorant does. And Call of Duty certainly doesn't have that. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's more, you know, based on, you know, it's, it's less games where you have one life, right? There aren't game modes really in Overwatch where you have one life. You know, I, I played more Paladins. So that's kind of what I'm referring to. But. 
you know, it's kind of like a respawn focused argument where, where, you know, understanding the spawns, understanding the flow of how it's not gotcha. just your one life. Okay. It's how lives, you know, parlay together and create momentum over time. So I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a game founder that they haven't, you know, d- d- dived into. So obviously it's going to be difficult. I feel like they could add in whatever Overwatch does into Valorant and then go from there. I mean, I actually got, think they should. Got, I think you've got multiple abilities in Valorant and then you've got your ultimate. I mean, it's Yeah. So do, in Valorant, do they have game modes that are respawn? Like do they have like uh I think they do have free for all, right? But as for respawn, I know what you're talking about. I don't think they do. Um, they should though. Like Valorant could be such a fun game if they had, you know, kind of like how Fortnite went with build and no build, right? Have a separate playlist of Valorant where it's not just based on these spikes and you know the the crazy strategy that goes into Valorant as an esport, and that's a great esport. But maybe making a game that you know maybe just making a version of the game that's overwatch themed right where you're pushing a cart and you know it's just a respawn game mode i think that would actually be a lot of fun that could be pretty cool i mean if there's one thing i hate about valorant it's dying and having to sit there for the next five to ten minutes waiting for the round to end so yeah i agree uh you know i I just don't want to i just don't want to bottom frag anymore man yeah and you know i still might be doing that if i just you know i'm able to get back up a million times but who knows? Who knows? It could be fun or it just could be a spree of the the best people clicking heads just racking up kills left and right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know, as for esports news, lots of Riot-focused stuff here. Um, and then, obviously, multiverses. Following along, it's, it's lots of fun. Riot's just a natural player. And like you said, they're like the, what, the NFL of, of esports at the moment. I mean, they're just... They're just owning the gaming space as as a whole. Really, I, it's it's great. It's great. Happy to see it. But uh, we'll see if there's any friendly competition in the future too. You never know. Never know. Okay. Next up, focusing on some NFT news here. Uh, first off, ma- talking about Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. So basically, Madonna goes, yo. Some someone told me that a fan of mine bought a board ape from Yuga Labs that apparently was inspired by me. And so she's been like the article describes her as hellbent on getting this one point three million dollar board ape. Now yeah. she yeah. decidedly went with another one because she was like, it's just too expensive. Like she knows that it's actually a little crazy to drop a million plus dollars on a board ape, but she's Madonna, and like yeah. many celebrities, like you gotta have a board ape to be a part of like that club of celebrities that are in on Web three in case like oh maybe this does blow up, right? And so she did end up getting a board ape with like it has like an S and M like leather hat and stuff to it, so it's like. I guess that was like the main determining. Madonna is crazy, bro. Did you know about her NFT collection? Her personal NFT collection? She did an NFT collection called, uh, oh my God, Mother of Creation. And it's CGI video of her naked and giving birth. Nope. 
Did not know that. That is one of the weirdest things I think I've ever heard. Well, uh, she wasn't willing to spend a lot of money on an on a board aid, but I guess was willing to to have that created. Well, there's three of them, and they well, I guess they went to charity, but she sold them for 170, 66, and 72 ETH respectively. So that's uh, I don't know, that's 400k maybe. Hmm. Still weird. Still weird. Yeah. Just uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one, but I I do have good news. Uh, there there was an NFT recently sold that had some pretty cool perks to it. Uh, so Biggie Smalls, rest in peace, my friend. Uh, the estate behind Biggie Smalls's uh, rapping career, music, that sort of stuff, sold a collection of NFTs that allow owners to get licensing rights to an unreleased freestyle rap. We've seen this before, NFTs and music. This is a little this is a little bit more unique, especially since this is someone who's no longer with us. Uh in, you know, dealing with their their former property and rights and stuff like that. I mean, can you imagine the estate of Michael Jackson coming forward and going, "Hey NFT owners, we've got some specific, like really specific unreleased music." that we'd love to just give to all of you. We've again, we've talked about this before how like people will will put up exclusive barriers to like exclusive content behind NFTs. Man, all we're trying to do over here is talk about accessibility for NFTs and all people want to do is put more exclusive benefits behind an NFT, which I think in itself is pretty hilarious. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's just what NFTs are for the most part. Well, this yeah. I thought this was pretty cool. I was like, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and and this website was the most interesting part. Well, maybe not, but one of. Have you ever heard of one of for NFTs? I honestly haven't. And it looks like they've got some some solid people on here. They got Snapple. They've got Sports Illustrated. They've got Gatorade. They've got Michelob Ultra. Muhammad Ali. So this must be started with some sort of VC money. Probably. Um, that's cool though. They had one from Duke basketball, which was just called the game. And it didn't say it explicitly, but it would be cool if that ticket or that NFT got you tickets to the final game. Oh, I guess, I guess there isn't always the game. What am I thinking of? I guess I was thinking of this year when their coach retired and and the tickets were so expensive, but I guess that's that's not an annual thing at Duke basketball, but Hey, who knows? Maybe there's a, there's an important, maybe, maybe it gets you a free ticket. Once a year that you have to register, you know, a month in advance. Yeah, right? that, I mean, that's just a good idea, or right? it's just uh, something that you can do to easily get into NFTs. I mean, there's enough demand for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, the, you know, it, the notion behind using NFTs for more than just art is the idea of utility, right? We've talked about this before. What what else can an NFT do for you other than just being? Um, you know, a picture that you buy. So people are always playing with that. And in this case, it was licensing rights to an unreleased freestyle rap. So it sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Okay. This one, this is, I think this, put put your tinfoil hats on, Jacob. Because uh, this, this next one I think is kind of funny. So this uh, CryptoNews.com basically uh says that nft hacks via discord could be connected uh 
Over 2022, uh, especially this this past year, we've seen a 55 to 50% rise in NFT phishing scams where a majority of these scams occur because they're using like some really advanced social engineering and uh, like urgency and messages to trick people into thinking that, you know, they are legitimate, they are for real. And then what ends up happening is that a, a mod or an admin of some kind falls falls for the for the trap of one of these you know scammers, and then all of a sudden millions of dollars in crypto and NFTs is just gone because these scammers are scamming some of the biggest projects out there. Now some analysts have been looking at some of the biggest scams and they go, well, hold on. Looking at where the wallet addresses are going and how everything's kind of connected, it's like you know this actually could be more relatable to each other than than we think. You know, maybe these aren't just separate attacks, which does make sense because like I'm sure it's not really that easy to just be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go scam the Yuga Labs uh, board ape yacht club members after their fifth time being scammed. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna I'm just gonna go scam them again, right? I feel like you've got to be a repeat offender, maybe once or twice at least, in order to keep up yeah. something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it sounds like it could be true. It's, uh, it makes sense. I mean, the whoever is being able to hack the cost and hack Board API Club, they've got some connections to individuals, first of all, but also a lot of skills themselves. Um, so, you know, for these hacks, you know, board AB Club is in, I'm sure they're investing in security. I'm sure everybody is. So the fact that, I mean, there are so many hacks like this and, you know, it, it makes sense that someone is, is a big boy in the, the yeah. hacking game and he's figuring out how to, how to spread. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if, uh, I mean, discord doesn't have the most advanced security tools. They've got some, but it's not, it's not amazing. Yeah. So if you're not adding the necessary bots and stuff to your server. Yeah. And that's to, the problem, right? Because some of the, the bots can be hacked so easily. True. Right. Or, or, you know, not necessarily hacked, but if, if the bot wants to basically say, you know, fuck it, I have a $500 million offer from a hacker. Why would I not take that? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why you would not take that, but there's also reasons why you might, you know, certainly entertain it. Um, I mean, so the bots worry me, to be honest. Well, you know, anything that says sign your wallet over to me, folks, always do your own research. Make sure you know where you're signing the permission to your wallet to, because all it takes is for you to, to give permission and access to your wallet to one wrong person, one wrong bot, and all of a sudden, boom, your NFTs are just gone. Your yeah. crypto's gone, right? It's, you know, the, it's great to have access to your NFTs on the cloud and, and have it online, but. Man, oh man, I I see why you know some people like to keep their stuff offline. I really do, I really do. So Absolutely. yeah, I mean we'll see. You know, uh, the problem with the NFT and crypto space is that it's all anonymous unless you choose to make it like a public thing, right? So you know they're they're saying oh these these could be connected, but at the same time it's like uh, it's it's hard to know. It's hard to know because once again it's not like this is very traceable. You know, you may have a wallet address, but you're not going to find out who owns said wallet address, to my knowledge. There's no directory of wallet addresses, right? 
I mean, maybe one day they'll make a what a net pages like similar to white pages, right? Put in put yeah. in a wallet address, and then all of a sudden you see a name and a like a physical That's a address go up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like that completes the whole purpose of it being anonymous. So yeah. I wouldn't There's want blockchains. Yeah, it will, anonymity. Yes. I wouldn't want to be a whale in the space and then have people be able to look me up and like come to my house. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. call me up. I, I just wouldn't want that. Absolutely. So, you know, but be, be, no, no, no one would. So people are crazy, right? So you just got, you got to be safe. Got to be safe. Okay. These last two articles are actually really good. So this first one, crypto Solana. So we, Solana is a up and coming cryptocurrency that's been around now for quite a while. We've actually talked about Solana and how Adobe has even promoted the the uh, use of Solana type projects with their own software. They're like, we support the use of Solana, and so we we are we're going to make sure that our our software is uh, is uh, compatible with with whatever you're doing related to Solana projects. Well, Solana's <laughs> taking it a step further. They're opening a store in NYC, which Jacob, you got to go check this out if you can. I will, hundred percent. That that would be amazing to to have you go go in and check this out um, and see what it's like. I mean, can you imagine walking in and and buying stuff with Soul? I mean, here's what I gotta wonder, right? Are they going to truly price with Soul, or are they going to do what is really the biggest problem with with any cryptocurrency? make solana proportional to that of us dollars because they probably had to buy all that stuff in us dollars and so what they're going to do is price it out to solana in us dollars you know what i mean yeah i mean you're not going to walk in and buy something for five solana unless it's worth five whatever in you know in usd yeah so it looks like they have solana pay accepted here so it's like apple pay but for solana I mean, that's, that's hilarious that's that's good. I mean, we need stuff like that in crypto. And Solana is not a bad cryptocurrency, right? Solana has a lot of values. Yep. It's got low fees. Uh, it's got a big network behind it. It has. It, it's reasonably centralized, um, but it, it's got a big foundation, right? And that's part of what you what you get with this decentralization. You get somebody who's willing to put stores up like this in New York City, right? If it was decentralized, that would that wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um, so it's a give and take. Um, Solana's been big. The coin crashed like crazy. Sorry, the coin crashed like crazy when everything else crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like almost you know $35, $40 now. And it was peak, it was peaked at like 180, I think, maybe even 200 So it's good to see that they're innovating in times like this. Um, I'll definitely check it out. It's kind of far from me though. Hudson Yards is a is a bit, but uh it's a hike. check it out there. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Okay. I understand. I understand. Who knows? You know, maybe oh, it opens. Got... It opens today. Oh, it opens wow. to the public on Thursday. But wow. this this article goer was able to get a tour early. Let me let me search on maps. That's wild. What are the chances? Absolutely it's not. Wild. Solana Beauty Supply. No. Sadly not. Sadly not. That's cool.
the article ends off by saying people were already trying to get into the store because they wanted to see the NFT monkeys on the wall. <laughs> Which I get it. The the DGen yeah. Ape Academy NFT gallery in the Solana Spaces store. That's pretty cool. DGen Ape. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Pretty cool. I don't really need to see that. Yeah. Oh, well. Hey, man. Every, whatever fits your fancy. You know, that's that's the point. That's yeah. the point of NFTs. One of the points. The art. Okay. Uh, last but certainly not least, we've talked about this before, and we've been, I think we've been pretty critical of this. You know, we talked about a, uh, actually a, a crypto ATM in, in New York before, but uh, Cointelegraph.com, um, there were, there's been some new data saying that the value of the crypto ATM market, like physically putting machines for crypto in public around the world, is say, saying that it's valued to be at around $472 million by 2027. So in yeah. five years, and you know, crypto ATM machines around the world will be very, very coveted, apparently. Well, it currently values the market at $46 million. So they're they're predicting a lot of growth. That's a that's a lot of growth. Five years uh, of growth. Wow. I don't see the value at all in being able to buy cryptocurrency via an ATM. Uh, what I do see the value in is being able to get cash from cryptocurrency via an ATM. Well, maybe that's right? it. You know. Yeah, maybe maybe that is it. But uh, I don't think it is. I think I've been surprised when I went to a crypto ATM and they were like, "No, this is not for that." I think the fees are also generally obnoxiously high. Um, I don't know. I don't really like this whole, you, whole idea. You don't, you don't think that they solve that issue in the next five years of, of ridiculous. Yeah, they fees. could. And, and you know, it re really, yeah. You know, if they do solve the issue and I can basically have a card that gives me, you know, let's say, uh, you know, a card that is connected to MetaMask, right. That I can basically manage from my phone, Right. Or, or I don't even need a I don't even need a card. Right. It's just I have my MetaMask app and I scan my QR code at this machine. Mm -hmm. People are going to be trying to hack these things like crazy, though. Right. It's going to be such a scam machine. Oh, but if good. I could just get cash into the sandwich, it's going to be great. That would be fucking sick. So I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, that that's the real truth right there. Um we can't say what the future holds, and we we do not provide financial advice. But this this is what this is what these folks think. So take it as you will. Take it as you will, my friends. Um, you know that that's pretty much all we got time for today. You know, apologies on not being live uh, as as you're watching this right now or listening in. You might notice that this was not a live recorded uh, episode. Um, but rather one that we uh, have put out. It's not like us to do that, and so next week we will be back. We'll be live. We'll be doing our thing. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Jacob. And uh, hopefully everyone has a great week, a great weekend, that sort of stuff. And uh, until next time, we will see y'all later. We out. Yeah.